50% of the time, it works every time. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I drink your milkshake. We've got here is Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I am your host, Ethan Colburn. Uh, welcome back. Clara is not with us on this episode, unfortunately, but I have my lovely girlfriend, Paige. Hi. Hi, Paige. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I just watched my favorite Hitchcock and maybe your favorite movie. My favorite movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a great mood. Um <laughs> Before before we get into our conversation, thank you to my patrons, Stephen, Sydney, Griffin, Isaac, Zach, and Danya. Uh, thank you so much for donating monthly. We're having a great co- we've been having great conversations on that. Uh, we just talked about Anatomy of a Murder, another James Stewart movie, and next time we're doing Double Indemnity. So if you want to be part of that conversation, hop on our Patreon. Or just leave a review on iTunes. That's always helpful. Um, next week, it's either Goodfellas or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So both great movies. I think the other one would be will be like the week after. So, but I will get that out on my social media at Cineflex Pod on Instagram and at Cineflex on Twitter. Uh, and. Yeah, if you want to check that out, that's also where I'll be posting the drink recipe Mm -hmm. for today's movie, a mint julep. Did you ever have a mint julep? Before? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. When when did you have a mint julep? I feel like you've made one for me. I feel like this was my first time making it. Really? Yeah. Maybe I made something similar. Make a lot of things with mint. Maybe, yeah. That's one thing. We're mo- we're moving away from Palo Alto, and that's one thing I'm gonna miss is just having like the mint in the garden. You just yeah. walk out. Like I, I I don't know. You just like it's well, it's it's, not... we- it's gonna be weird purchasing mint. Well, it's more of like a your house thing than a Palo Alto thing. Oh yeah yeah no I should. <laughs> it's just not like it's not like Palo Alto is like a mint field. No no. <laughs> it's like my it's like my mom just like planted some mint under our lime tree, and it just grows like crazy. Yeah. Like, it's like a weed. Like, you, you have to, like... It grows aggressively. Yeah. Which is enough for, like... the You know, the one problem with it, though, Paige, is, mm-hmm. like, the mint and the limes never seem to be in at the same time. Yeah. To make, like, the perfect... Because mm-hmm. the limes are kind of a winter fruit. So you can never do a mojito. Mint mojito. You can never do, like, a truly fresh mojito, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But, you know, such is life. Mm-hmm. We must... What, we must move on and tread tread forward mm-hmm. <laughs> um what, what do you think of the julep um i liked it i thought it was good it was it was interesting because we were toying with the idea of replacing the um the bourbon with brandy because that's what they drink in the movie <laughs> the famous brandy twirling scene which i'm sure yeah. we'll get to but um but it just wasn't good <laughs> no it wasn't quite the same so he stuck with the normal mint julep which was delicious honestly I, look I, I have like not great brandy I have like $15 brandy it could probably like if, if you got it like might good be better if you maybe the flavor profile wasn't quite right yeah if you had good brandy or like yeah. cognac or something it might work but mm-hmm. uh yeah I was I was toying with the idea but basically the, the mint julep came about because it's like it's like 95 degree day in the mm-hmm. 50s in New York and it just looks hot as hell mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of a 50s 
summery drink. It's it's like basically a slushy with bourbon. <laughs> yeah, and mint. <laughs> and mint. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I thought that I, th- I I thought they were quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, is this is this still your? Would you still call this your favorite movie, or has that kind of changed? Um, I mean, it's been my favorite movie for so long, so I would say it's my favorite movie. Yeah. But I've definitely come across other films that I love. I I mean, it's it's probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you do you remember the first time you saw this? Because hmm. uh, you've seen it quite a few times at this point. Yeah, I'm. You know, I don't know if it was. It was probably when I was at home. But yeah, that that was the, the watching that movie for the first time was the first time I learned about Grace Kelly and her just as a person. And You're, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> she is my girl crush. Okay. Your other true love, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, I yeah, I think I had to have watched it for the first time at home because I remember my mom being like, "You you don't know who this is." Oh I'm like, no, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna like this." <laughs> and sixteen-year-old Paige is like, "Ah!" I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, freaking out. No, I can totally see that. <laughs> um, so like. Beside besides Grace Kelly, which we'll get into, like what what else about this movie kind of keeps you coming back to it? Like what what kind of what keeps you engaged? Well, I mean, Grace Kelly is a large oh yeah bit of that yeah yeah for sure because <laughs> um, she's just iconic and graceful. Um, but I would say like I I don't know why, but I love a lot of Jimmy Stewart's films. Yeah. I, and like, I never, I didn't really realize that until this last year, like how many of them I've liked and how many I've seen and of those that I've seen that I've liked. And, um, and so I, I feel like that's probably a part of it, but, but ultimately I think it's the way that, um, it's probably the storyline. I love the idea of like looking out of this window and, you have this view and you can, you have this kind of like vignette of all these, or a bunch of different vignettes of little like, like what's going on um, outside of you. And it's funny because this last watch, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I mean, it's one of those things where like, I've seen it so many times that I know it's going to happen, but then I'm still at the edge of my seat in the last 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I've seen this, like, I don't know how many times, but but I'm still just like, like I, I still like I just can't wait to see what happens at the end. Yeah. No. And totally. I think, I think that's what brings me back every time. Really. Yeah. No. I I was totally feeling that at the end of the movie. I'm like I'm like this is probably my fifth time seeing it or something around there, and I'm, you know, you're I'm watching and I'm like, Ugh! like I'm like I want this tension <laughs> to resolve, and I know exactly what's gonna happen. I know yeah. it's like. You know, it's like, it's like riding a roller coaster, you know, it's like, it's still, the drop is still scary, you know, you, but, but, but you, you learn to enjoy sort of mm-hmm. the ups and downs of it all. I mean, watching it this time, it almost felt as if, I mean, despite, again, despite like knowing all the beats of the story, it almost feels as if like you could have just happened into another apartment this time around and mm-hmm. in, into another story and it would have felt just as natural. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I mean, it, it, it almost feels so right for a sequel, <laughs> especially yeah, with the two, two, two casts at the edge. True. 
Like what what happens what happens to the next owners What's of the next? apartment? Like yeah. yeah. But there's a there's a quote early on that I wrote down. Um, it, it, uh, Thelma's Thelma Ritter's character says it, but she says something along the lines of like people should go outside and look into like their own houses. Well, people should go outside their own houses and look in for a change mm-hmm. instead of like looking out at other people's <laughs> yeah. things. And it's and it's very much. I mean, it's it's so much of what this is about. Where he's so fascinated by what's what's going on with other people, and and in some ways, like his life is on hold because of his mm-hmm. leg, and that's healing. But in some ways, like he's totally putting his life on hold with mm-hmm. his relationship with Grace Kelly, who he like, just has no interest in. I guess. Um, mm. Yeah, that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, intentionally so, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, I just, I just love this concept of, like, you're, like, these people are just unable to reflect on their own lives. They're so fascinated with these uh, yeah. lives of others. Yeah, and they're also, like, I mean, they are, like, in their own worlds and, like, towards the end, when, when everyone comes out to see the, um, the dog, um where it's like neck had been broken it's like lying on the ground the woman screaming and everyone comes out and looks out of their their rear windows yeah um it's the first time that you get like up close shots i think you mentioned this when you're yeah. watching it and it's it's so interesting because all of a sudden you feel like oh my god that's who i live next to and it's like you're you're realizing you're seeing these you're kind of interacting with these people for the first time although you've you've been watching them and you know things about them, but it's the first time that you're kind of interacting with them. Yeah, so this is something I noticed this time around. was just like you, the 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 first time you really like step outside the apartment, because um, Hitchcock really shoots it from the apartment that James mm-hmm. Stewart's in, and the first time like you really step outside that is when you're um is 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 when is when um is when that woman's screaming, oh, a bunch of neighbors, you guys are, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, um, and like, who, which, which one of you would have done this to me and whatever. And then all of a sudden you cut to, quote, Miss Lonely Heart and Miss mm-hmm. Torso, but you cut to them, instead of using a telephoto lens, which he mm-hmm. does a lot of up-closes from a telephoto lens, which, are, which is a really yeah. interesting look, he does, um, he, you know, he, br- he brings the camera right to them mm-hmm. and as, as they're looking up. And it almost yeah. snaps you out of your world for a sec of like, oh, yeah, these people do have lives. Almost these people do have lives independent of the story in mm-hmm. some way. In a, in a way that like, in a way that you sort of feel like they have lives independent of what Jimmy Stewart's impression of their lives is, you know? Yeah. It's funny because it kind of reminds me of um, so, something. It kind of reminds me of something that I had experienced recently. Mm-hmm. And like. A very strange way I it was like I was at a store and then I don't know what it is but I I feel like like pay, like as a patron in a store like I'm just kind of walking around and like minding my own business and like no one remembers me I don't know why I feel that way I feel like with the mask on and like my sweats on I feel kind of anonymous and I just like go in I get my stuff I like check out and then I I don't know but then I recognize the like checkout people like like yeah. I, I begin to recognize them and I don't know why I never assumed that they would begin to recognize me but all of a sudden I felt very like exposed and realized when they recognized me <laughs> like, yeah like why do I feel that way like I'm I'm 
recognizing them and watching them. Every time I'm in this store, why wouldn't they begin to recognize me too? Which takes takes us back to almost another moment in the movie, which feels extremely violating, is when um, is when Grace Kelly sort of signaling to yeah. James Stewart that she has the ring, and and the guy and the murderer looks up and makes straight on eye contact with the camera, and it's one of the most terrifying shots. It is. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. But it's again, it's awful. It feels awful. It feels horrible. It feels like (laughs) he's like not supposed to look at you, but he does. And and it's not even you know it's not even the first time I was I I was I was thinking like is that does it is it the first time a character looks at the camera? But obviously the the you're you're seeing it from the point of view of James Stewart and like and like his friends are looking at the camera, but when when it's like when the villain looks at you, Mm -hmm. you're like oh my god. Yeah. It's yeah, such a great glance up. Very seen. But yeah, it's again, it's 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 the sort of going from anonymous to identified, mm-hmm. which is what kind of James Stewart experiences there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he spent the whole summer like just watching people out of his window, and no one no one realized until then. <laughs> yeah, most terrifying way to be realized. It's like when you're um, out in public and. You like you're just like looking around and you catch someone like staring at you like a stranger and then they look away really quickly and you're like ah that was weird. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. I feel like unfortunately I'm usually the person that's looking around more than <laughs> like it's usually like the person like makes eye contact just, with me like why are you looking at why me? Why are you staring at me? <laughs> Which I, I don't know. I'm sorry to people that I look at. I just no, like I've done that too. Things. I I don't know. You you just like glance around and then. Yeah, I don't know. Just For happens. some reason, I feel like I'm more. See, this is this is part of what interests me about this movie is I'm very much a people watcher. Like if yeah. I if I go out to a cafe, I'm I'm having the conversation with people at the table, but I'm also like, oh, that that old couple hasn't seen each other in in like a couple months. That that's yeah. cute. Or like this. You're like aware. I'm of- I'm very much constantly uh, thinking about like what these other tables are doing. Yeah. And I, I like so so in in that sense I totally identify with this and I I think see I think I think more so than other people because like when I look around at the restaurant as I do occasionally well fairly often I should say like I don't find that many other people that are just kind of looking around and mm-hmm. I, I think pe- people are so people get so narrowly focused on what's in front of them that they forget to do that sometimes. Yeah, I guess so. Also, it's so cool that they like, like the score is one of the characters trying to create a piece of music. Yes, I want to talk to you about this. I'm obsessed. This is one of my realizations this time, how obsessed I am with the sound editing here. Mm -hmm. Because there's no, it's all diegetic. There's no score outside of what's happening Mm -hmm. in the courtyard. And so you really feel present in this place. Yeah. You're in, you're so much there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that it's it, it, it is one of those quarantine movies too. Where we yeah. mentioned this at the beginning. It's like in place, don't know what to do, and you're bored in your apartment, and you're like, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, as we come out of COVID, it's very much like early COVID movie. Yeah, I think they say, I think he says, I think Jimmy Stewart's character says early on in the film, like. Like, ah, six weeks inside. No human is supposed to be like that or something. And we're like, LOL, it's been us for the last 
nine months. Seriously. A year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, how long has it been? Oh, God, it's been too long. Um, basically a year and a half, but, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> oh I mean... Oh, God. Um... We're like, yes, Jimmy, you're right. Yes, Jimmy. You are right. No one Six is supposed is to be long. in there. <laughs> no, I love, I love, and, and, and I love that the sort of heat is playing a role in this. It's sort of like, yeah, it feels humid. Heat. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, aside from the sound editing, which is brilliant and sort of just everything sort of echoing in the courtyard. I mean, because you're you're as fascinated as the characters as to what happened to the point to the point where like where like you're um you're there there comes a point where the detective is saying like oh well this all this stuff can be explained away because the wife was there and then her luggage got dropped off and was picked up by mrs thorwald and this is this and that and you find yourself sort of hoping there was a murder yeah and hoping someone was killed. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and then it's after that that Grace Kelly's character kind of points it out and sort of mm-hmm. like, well, what kind of people are we for <laughs> hoping that there's a murder? And then you're kind of like, yeah, like, why am I, why do yeah. I want a murder to have happened? Yeah. When it could have not happened. Right. Right. It definitely puts you, puts you there with them. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the Hitchcock special, right? Yeah, he, 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 and, and just, just for, like, for historical context, like, all this sort of, like, amoral, you know, sort of ambiguity of, of, like, like, you feel like you're rooting for something bad to happen, a lot of that was explored a lot deeper in the 70s, and Mm -hmm. was, it was very difficult to explore in the Hays Code era of Hollywood, Mm -hmm. and so, like, to have, I think this, that sort of feeling shocked audiences a lot more at the time than it does now even but still it's like you're kind of like what am i doing i'm like yeah it still gets me <laughs> it still gets me but i mean i've 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 heard that that was especially in psycho that was one of the scarier parts of it because you you're both rooting for um janet lee to get away with the with the cash and then norman bates to get away with the cover-up for the murder so it's like you 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 feel you feel like a you you feel complicit in all these crimes, which is yeah. so fascinating. He does yeah. that so well. It's very cool. It it definitely I I love I love his play on perspective with that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think do you think like they could have done a rear window too? Do you think it could have happened? I mean that would have been really fun because you have the setup. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, I, Grace Kelly might have been off in Monaco at that point. So. Yeah, after Tukachi. So there's Beach, no she way was, she was stuck. Yeah. Um. Do you? Okay. Oh, the 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 other thing I really wanted to talk about is the set, because mm-hmm. I just think the set, the set and the heat, everything about it just plays a plays, plays its own role in this. It just I mean, he basically he built this like these six story apartment buildings inside this massive like studio and had to basically because he wanted it so tall, he built, he built down in the basement. And so like what, what you're seeing in the bottom of the courtyard is really into the basement and, um, and then, and then had to build all the way up and just the the random things you notice. I'm like, they, they put, they put actual pigeons on the roof. Like they had to have gotten like pigeons. Bird food or 
or something? In the yeah. in the building? Like, yeah. I don't know. Did were they trained or were they just pigeons they found? I don't know. Yeah. Probably trained, but you never know. Yeah. And uh, just these details in the set. I mean, all, like all these furnished apartments all around and sort of... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely fun. I think that's part of why I love it visually. Um, also, like, I was very into architecture in high school. I used to, like, make, like, architecture plans in my free time because I was crazy. But um, so that kind of, like... Um, I feel like I'm really into that aspect of it, like the set design. Yeah. Because it's so, like, special and unique, and, like, I don't know when you'd ever see something like that. Yeah. Again. Totally. Um, also, the lighting is incredible. Yeah, Like, the way really that well they done. play with lighting, and a lot of um, how the scenes... Like, like, a lot of the scenes wouldn't work unless they had the writing, the lighting exactly the way that they had planned. Um, I agree. And, yeah, it was extremely effective. Yeah, totally, totally. Mm -hmm. But the whole, the whole, like, aesthetic and sort of setting of this just plays a yeah. role. I mean, despite, you know, I, I think especially in old Hollywood, there, there, there's sort of a tendency for sets to feel a little stale mm -hmm. and sort of stuck in their ways and i i don't i don't know who the set designer is unfortunately but there's something about sort of i mean <coughs> i i was even talking about how you get you get glances of people in this alleyway that shows the street behind mm -hmm. and it sort of gives you a sense of a world that peeks outside of this courtyard yeah and it, it it feels alive in, in, in a way that, you, you know, one, one of my favorite movies, Singing in the Rain, does not in, mm -hmm. in terms of its sets. Mm -hmm. Like, because, I mean, the scene, for instance, when he's singing in the rain, it, you can t it, it feels very like this, mm -hmm. is, a, this is a fake street. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, and it's, it's almost like aware of that. But with mm -hmm. this, it's like it feels so lived in. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, it's a combination of the directing and... And, um, and actual set design that, that kind of made that happen. I'm really impressed by it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's funny. In comparison to Singing in the Rain, yeah, that one feels very um, artificial. Mm -hmm. I mean, this one does too in some ways, but you accept it. Yeah. Which, which, uh, which sort of side character do you wish we got more time with? Mm-hmm. I like that. I feel like the... I feel like we didn't really get a lot of character arc with the pianist. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. like I wanted a little more with him. That was interesting because I'm like, what made you like come up with that last piece of your... of your, um, what do you call it, composition? Yeah. Um... I don't know. I'd like to. I'd like to know a little more about that and why. Why. Why does his personality work so well with Miss Miss Lonely Heart? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the other sort of underrated one is Miss Torso because we do yeah, so much Torso. like we do so much like oogling at her. Like <laughs> yes. Is that a good word? Yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, the, 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 like you wish you actually got to know like what her deal was. That's true. Um, I, do. I was thinking 
about her as well. But I, yeah, the pianist is the one that really comes to mind as like someone I, someone I wish I got to know more, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely, I, yeah. I, I definitely feel that. And then the, I, I wasn't, I wasn't too interested in the newlyweds. No, me neither. I mean, I feel like what we got of them was enough. What did you feel about the couple with the, with the dog? Do you feel like we got more, do you feel like you, you kind of got I got better. enough of them, too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I got enough of them. Yeah, I, I feel like, like it's Miss Torso and the Pianist. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had deeper stories, maybe. Yeah. The artist, I felt like that was fine, too. I feel like I understood her personality. Which one is the artist? The one that um, was making the sculpture called Hunger. <laughs> yeah. Sculpture called Hunger was funny. Yeah, that was funny. I never uh, noticed yeah. that till this watch. Yeah, it's like, it's like this head, and then the stomach has a big hole in it, and it's yeah. called hunger. It's so hunger. great. It was funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, it's interesting because, um, I mean, this whole film is, you know, kind of a comment on the male gaze, but it's especially, you especially notice it when they're talking about Miss Torso. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, very obvious. No, yeah, this so. this film, from a feminist standpoint, this film's really interesting because mm -hmm. it's like, I, I really want to know Clara's thoughts on this because Clara's very like, sort of anti male gaze and a lot of things. But I think this movie's interesting in that Hitchcock. Hitchcock is is disgusting, but he knows he's disgusting. Yeah. And that's sort of what this movie's about. It's sort of like, I'm going to indulge my weird fantasies of watching people. Yeah. But he's aware that it's not right in some ways. It's like, and, and it's not, it's not like you can call him a feminist, but it's, but it's like, it's, it feels like aware of itself in a way that it's ahead of its time. Yeah, it's definitely aware of itself. It's aware that it's that. I mean, they keep calling themselves out as like peeping toms and like yeah. ghouls and yeah. like stuff. Like, like they're like, oh gosh, they're they're like actively acknowledging that they're dis that they're being disgusting um, and invading people's privacy. Um, but it's definitely interesting it's it's a really good definition of of the male gaze as a as a woman is there stuff that you're uncomfortable with or are you just kind of so engulfed in the world i mean the whole thing is uncomfortable yeah but it's supposed to be intentionally yeah it's supposed to be and so i feel like yeah i mean i guess the whole thing is that they're really just invading everyone's privacy like and so is so is Grace Kelly by the end of it. And what's what's the other character? The the nurse that was helping. Thelma out? Ritter is the actress. Thelma Ritter, yeah. I, I forget her, her character. Yeah, name. her character by the end of the movie, they're also like invading everyone's privacy. It's almost like, it's almost like once you're wrapped up in it, you can't like help yourself. It's like this weird itch that needs to be scratched, and you're trying to figure it all out. And no, yeah, I love. That that's one of my favorite moments is when is when Grace Kelly like fully gets on board with the yeah whole thing, that like look she's she like, gives <laughs> yeah so tell me the story from the beginning and she's very Let's much it's, again, it's yeah. totally like her her intuition like she's just mm -hmm. she looks at him and she sort of looks at him packing up this stuff and again you know the the 
the detective sort of acts as the sort of like devil's advocate to everything of like, well, this can all be explained away because of this, this, yeah. this, and it's like, well, no, I don't really see that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not the kind of doesn't quite add up. That's not what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is that he says all these things. The detective will say all these things that like resolves their immediate issues with what's going on. But then they don't feel right about it. It's not like they have necessarily another argument after that. It's just, that just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's almost, yeah, you're right. It's like their intuition more than mm-hmm. more than just the, the facts. But And, and Thorwald, um, gosh, let me get the actor's name. Um he he does a great job in this. I'm I was I'm was really impressed by his his performance. Just yeah, acting, he was great. Scary, but also shifty. Yeah. Raymond Burr is the actor. Um, his, his looks. At his the looks. Camera. I mean, like I said, like his look straight up at the camera, yeah. but just his that his looks around. Wall break because like uh, it hurts. It's like it does. I'm being watched. <laughs> it's like you, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. I wanted to say like the um, Hitchcock basically directed it mostly from the apartment, which makes sense because his camera's there. But basically, yeah. he had earpieces with all the actors, mm. um, and would you know you like go. give them instructions on Jeez. what to do. Yeah. But do you know that scene when when it starts raining and the couple's trying to bring in the mattress because they're sleeping outside? Uh-huh. He told, he told them in each earpiece, to bring it through. The opposite window. Oh. And so that's why they're tugging on the mattress back and oh, forth. Oh, that's funny. It's because one person was told to bring it in this way, and the other person was told to bring it in this that's way. That's clever. And he, and he got the, he got the, um, he got the sort of, like, genuine mm-hmm. confusion and tension that he wanted in that scene. It was, yeah. it was the first take from that that's that he used. That's pretty funny. That's so great. interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and... And like and like I told you with with Miss Torso, like he basically he told her sometimes just to dance around and like he he said his one instruction for her was to not take any professional dance lessons because <laughs> he didn't want her knowing any moves. He just wanted her kind of dancing and doing kind of general yeah. cute dancing dances. around the house kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fun. It'd be very casual. Yeah. Um. Do you? Do you want to talk about Grace Kelly? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you always want to talk about Grace Kelly. I so do. this is your opportunity to share your Grace always. Kelly thoughts with the world. Isn't that exciting? Yes. It's very exciting. I don't know where to begin. Um, let's let's just start by her in this start start with her in this movie and then you can get into general Grace Kelly if you want. Yeah, I mean was this her um next big role after High Noon? Um, Heine was a pretty small role. I think she had, I mean, she, she'd won an Oscar by this point, so I'm going to say no. Mm. She won an Oscar for Country Girl. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it's not a great movie by any means now. And also, mm-hmm. she's, she, it's more known, it's more known for her beating Judy Garland in The Star is Born, which is a outstanding yeah, performance. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to say, like, not... Not her biggest role up until this point, but she only made like six or seven films. Yeah. And so it's it's one of them for sure. Okay. 
and probably her most iconic at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's very iconic. It's to me, it's her best performance. Because mm-hmm. I agree. Though you the know, I haven't seen anyway. I haven't seen Dylan for Murder in a minute, so that would be one to. No, that one's great. Yeah. How's her, how's her acting in it? Mm, I remember it being good, but this one just stands out to me. I haven't seen Dialem for Murder in about a year, year or two. Yeah. I can I don't just... quite remember, but I remember I remember liking it. Like, yeah. Like liking her act, her acting in it. But I, I can think just... this is this is my favorite of, of her. Yeah, I can just tell you personally, like, um I mean, her and High I I, I find her pretty boring in High Noon. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a boring. It's a boring. It was. It's one of them. It's a pretty boring role, but she doesn't do much with it. And then I, to catch a thief is fine. She's pretty good in it. She's cute. And then her last role is High Society, which I yeah. did. I did not like her in. That's not supposed to be great. I haven't seen it because it's, I've heard it's not amazing. It's got, you've probably heard mostly from me. It's got its fans. It's it's considered a classic for sure. It's a remake of Philadelphia Story. Right. Which is iconic. And for me, like I'm, well, I'm constantly comparing her to Katherine Hepburn. Yeah. Which is unfair, but in a way where I'm not comparing Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby as much to their respective mm-hmm. Cary Grant and James Stewart. Yeah, I mean... I remember reading somewhere or listening to a documentary or something where they were um, saying that the uh, person who was, I think, adapting the, the screenplay for the for that film um, followed her around for a bit and tried to get to know her, like, comedic style yeah. and personality. Um, and it was supposed to be, I think, similar to her true comedic style um so i would like to see it to to try and understand that side of her but i've heard that it's just not as funny (laughs) the one the one great part about that movie is um louis armstrong in the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. sings the entire plot of the movie during the Mm -hmm. opening credits on a bus Wow. So he just goes in high society, in high society, and he goes through the whole oh plot line. But and I'm, and I'm just like, this is this is pretty incredible. You don't get that that often. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, you don't. Know but that. Yeah. yeah, I no, honestly, I, I didn't think her comedy landed that well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I've just been, I've just, so, so where I'm going with this is I've been disappointed by her as an actress before mm-hmm. and here I just feel like she, she has a grace that the character is supposed to have, Yeah. but also sort of, she really gets the, mm-hmm. the suspense that Hitchcock's going for mm-hmm. and the sort of, um, the sort of the the sort of screen presence that she needs to have in that role. She just really yeah. feels like she gets it. Yeah, I think I think yeah, definitely. I, I feel like the character really resonates with her acting style. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I feel like at this point she's kind of worked out a lot of the kinks that um, she had earlier in her film career. Um, and yeah, I definitely feel like this is one of her peak roles. I really. I really love it. It's totally. it's iconic. I I mean, yeah, like 
like just she's just like gorgeous yeah she just really like embodies that character I feel like I feel like I'm watching that character live her life I'm not watching Grace Kelly portray someone yeah it's like I'm really in it sometimes with like Jimmy Stewart I feel like I'm watching Jimmy Stewart be Jimmy Stewart yeah and then it's like oh gosh I just don't gosh I just can't I just can't understand what's going on it's like yeah. Like, it's just him yeah. doing his thing that yeah, he always yeah. does. This, I feel He's like... He's not really like, wow. transformative, is he? You'd never call him... No. you never see him transform <laughs> into a role. He's not like a walking phoenix. He's not no, like that. He's no, he's, he's no, no walking. walking phoenix. I would love, though I would, though I would love to see him as the Joker. That would be crazy. <laughs> I'd love to see that, too. Let's put a smile on that face. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> I mean, I love Jimmy Stewart, but yeah, um, it's definitely yeah, yeah, for sure. Jimmy Stewart. I understand. It's not well, LB it's, or whatever his name is. It's an interesting, um, it's an interesting character introduction that you have with her because mm-hmm. there is there is a thing, there is a tendency with like beautiful Hollywood actresses, but I'll, I'll include mm-hmm. actors in this that you're like, you're you look too beautiful for this mm-hmm. place that you're in, or. Sometimes it's like, okay, you look way too buff to mm-hmm. be, like, an accountant. Or, like, mm-hmm. you just, you look too Hollywood to be in this yeah. basic world that you're in. Mm-hmm. And with her, like, they work that into the plot. They're like, yeah. she's just too perfect and too mm-hmm. sweet and too, like, everything, everything. I need. And, yeah. and Thelma Ritter's like, what, 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 what what's else? What's the problem? What else? What's the problem? What do you want? Yeah. So, but they, as, but they work that into the plot really seamlessly. They do. And as soon as you see her for the first time, you're like, okay, I get it now. You're like, you're like, oh my gosh. It, it, it fulfills your expectations and then some completely like she's just gorgeous. And that, and that first thought shot of her is like, it's like, it's like love at first sight. You know? Yes. That's it's how like, it feels. Yeah. It's like, cause he's sort of waking up and the camera's sort of a little out of focus yeah and it's a shot of her face kind of leaning in and you're just like oh my gosh like yeah. you're 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 just insane yeah you're crazy yeah dude why why are you trying to get rid of this girl why oh my gosh she's way sense. younger she's beautiful it's yeah but that's but that's part of his whole thing is you just can't focus on he can't focus on what's in front of him yeah what i wanted to ask you um do you like the end is like he has his two casts, he's sleeping, and she's mm-hmm. sort of reading her magazine. Do you think it works out? Hmm. I mean, I'd like to think so. But yeah. I feel like... Gosh. I'm not sure. I feel like if it doesn't... It's probably because he feels too, like, constrained. Yeah. I hope it doesn't work out. And you know how, I'm a, you know how I'm a romantic, usually. Why? Because, yeah. because he, doesn't, he doesn't value her at all. Yeah. And she's beautiful and amazing, and I just think she can do a lot better. Yeah. And, and you, you know that I'm usually the romantic that's rooting no, for everyone right. to end up together. Yeah. This is one where I will I will just say, like, I really want her to move on. Mm, okay. I feel that. I, I, I understand. 
<laughs> yeah. You understand Grace Kelly is perfect. I understand. She, she deserves must, the best. <laughs> she deserves the best. Exactly. She deserves to be a princess in Monaco. Yes. <laughs> then. <laughs> are you are you excited to be in an apartment? I, I, see, I feel like we don't have a rear courtyard is the problem. Yeah, not really. Though All we're gonna the windows have, go out. <laughs> we're going to have a desk by the by the front window. Yeah, I that's think. good people So that's going to be a good people watching spot. Oh, yeah. We'll have to find our people watching spots in Boston. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there are probably a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, And and anywhere where people are loud, it's good people watching. Yeah. Because you can overhear more of the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a fun move. Um, Yeah, I mean, so back to Grace Kelly. Yeah. Um, So her outfits? Yeah. Her outfits are amazing. Yeah, all Edith Head. Every time I see anything like out there in the world that looks anything similar to any of her outfits in this movie, I'm like, okay, I need that. Like, I gotta buy that because it's, it just, they're so iconic. Yeah, all of the Edith Head work with, um, with Grace Kelly is just to die for and... The other cool thing is the, um, oh, it's Mark Cross, the Mark Cross, um, box bag that they made for her. The, like, um, the overnight bag that she has her nightgown and slippers in, um, that iconic bag. They, they still make them. Yeah. It's so cool. You, yeah. You're telling me this. Yeah. You can get them. They're really expensive, but you can get them. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that would be, that'd be fun to like have one day but you never use it you just sit there kelly fantasy yeah yeah hard to use yeah i mean same with the kelly bag you'd probably never use it because it would just so that's called the grace and then and then uh hermes makes the kelly yeah hermes makes the the grace and the kelly Mm -hmm. yeah spell out spell out her name if you got both of them she has two handbags named after her which is you know the goal in life yeah um, she is that's, Kelly. That's she is my Grace. goal in life to have two na- handbags named after me. Yes. Um. Yeah. Man. Man. Um. <laughs> cool trick award. Yeah, definitely. So, what do you want? Okay, I was gonna say her climbing on the um, fire escapes and then through the window. Yeah. So that's one. Um. I was going to say the continual swirling of brandy throughout <laughs> uh, while maintaining lines That's of dialogue. Good. That's pretty good. Also, because, oh, go ahead. Because I I think I also like in that scene. This is this is one that I've noticed as she gets more um, she gets more frustrated with the detective. Her brandy swirling gets slightly more like aggressive and like she's take it's like she's mm. getting fidgety with it where she's like it starts out like oh I should just be warming my brandy and then it gets like I'm mad at you and it's mm. almost like she's taking out her yeah. anger on the swirl I love I that I can see that yeah yeah it it's kind of distracting to me a bit the brandy swirling <laughs> like every time I watch that scene I'm like wow they're really swirling that brandy like I wonder if I wonder if they got the direction to like just 
swirl, 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 you know, like keep going. This, this is why I think it's like, it's a fidgety thing by the end. Cause I think yeah. at the beginning it's like, okay, we got to warm up the brandy. Yeah. And then by the end it's like, I am mad at you and I'm just going to keep aggressively doing this because this is, yeah, you're swirl, frustrating swirl, swirl. me. Yeah. So yeah. what was the other one you wanted to name? I was going to say the light bulbs going off at the very end Ooh. where he's like, that was pretty smart. He, like, hides in the shadows, and he has his light bulbs go off. I don't think that was that smart, because it didn't work. Well, it kind of stalled him a bit. It stalled him a little bit. You're right. What else was he supposed to do? That's a terrifying scene. The moment you know he's coming over, mm-hmm. and you're sort of with him, and he's looking around. He's like, I'm in the cast. Can I go in that room? Should I stay here? And he's mm-hmm. just like, I'm stuck. I am here. And you're like, I'm stuck with you. And this is scary. Mm -hmm. That's a scary-ass scene. Yeah, and he's alone. Yeah. Yeah, what would you have done if you were him? Uh, That's a good question. I think he had a bedroom because there was no bed in that Mm -hmm. room. Yeah. Or was that... It was kind of a day bed by the window. Yeah. I don't think think that was his bed. I think he had another bedroom. I think so, too. I think he... I mean, he had that kitchen... He could have gone in the kitchen and got a knife. Yeah, I would have I would have gotten in a different room. I would have got up out of the chair. Even if you're hopping, I would yeah. have been I would have been out of the chair. Yeah. And I would have a knife or be like locked in the bedroom. Yeah. Hmm. Uh yeah, that's probably what yeah. I would have done. Um honestly, hmm. I would have considered It's weird that he doesn't have a fire escape and these other buildings have fire escapes. Well, isn't that like a, yeah, wait, isn't every single apartment in New York supposed to have a fire escape? Isn't that like a the thing fire, that See, the fire, escapes were, the fire escapes were put in because they, to, to get older buildings up to code because they didn't have enough yeah. stairwells. So newer buildings don't need to have fire escapes. Oh, okay. That's probably not the case with his building because it was old, but. Yeah. I mean, it could be that his that his building has a fire escape on the front and doesn't need one on the back. I don't I don't know all the rules with that stuff. Yeah, or maybe he um, I mean maybe he did have one and just I mean you can't climb out the window that easily. Well, he falls out the window. There's no fire escape there. Oh yeah. Okay. Can I can I just talk about that scene for a second? Yeah. So that's one of my least favorite directed scenes. After the, that all up until that point is done really, really well. Mm -hmm. And then Hitchcock uses this like sped up camera. Like Mm -hmm. he, he like does like people running out, but he does it like at like one and a half times speed. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, I don't know if audiences at the time didn't notice that it was like sped up as much, but I just see all these people running out. I'm like, Oh, like it's almost like we're fast forwarding through the scene. That's really tense for me. Yeah. It is kind of awkward. I think we're also used to the idea of going in slow motion. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's a factor, honestly. Yeah. That might be our bias, but at the same time it was awkward. I thought because too. I had you played that like I mean had you played that like Cary Grant hanging off Mount Rushmore like you could have gotten it you could have made it super tense yeah and he just doesn't and it's sort of like everything building yeah. up to that moment really works and all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh everyone's fast forwarding running and stuff and I'm yeah, like yeah it's like the release has already kind of happened yeah and I think it it's meant to be like it. it's meant to be like 
we're we're here. It's happening, and it's like mm-hmm. I think he should have played that. That's that's the one moment, almost in any Hitchcock movie, that I feel like is a letdown. Interesting. That's a. I never thought about that before, but I do agree with you. Yeah. That's really interesting. I. Yeah, it is kind of let down. It well, it's kind of like you get that release of, of like pent up stress from the whole thing. Like that's kind of the concept with like it at the beginning, but. But I don't want that as a viewer. Like I want, I want that to be like a slow let let out, like let down. Or it could be, you know, if you're doing the fast thing, I think it was mostly just the fast forwarding or the sort of like sped up. Uh, shots that bothered yeah. me. If it were normal, if it were normal speed, and you just, uh, yeah, yeah, I almost wish it was more montage and normal speed. I think yeah. it would have bothered me less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's just sort of a that's just sort of like my one nitpick in an otherwise perfect mm-hmm. movie. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've mentioned. I think I mentioned this maybe on the on the Jurassic Park podcast, but. I think Hitchcock and Spielberg have a little bit in common in that, like, they both, they both feel like the direction is so intuitive Hmm. that it's almost, that you're watching it, you're, you're almost like, it's almost as if you could come up with no other way to shoot that scene. Like, that was the most perfect way to shoot that scene. Like, if, like, it's, like... Like, it's, it's it's like when you look at a great piece of art, you're like, I could have done that, but you couldn't have. And I feel that way with this, where I'm like, it's done so perfectly. Like, there's no other way to do this. Mm-hmm. Yet, it, it's because, like, it's not, it's not like there's certain directors that put in, put in a weird high angle in there. And you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, I feel out of place. And you're like, I wouldn't have thought to do that. Hitchcock shoots he 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 really walks you through it almost Mm -hmm. like you're an idiot sometimes Mm -hmm. like talk about directors that trust their audiences Hitchcock like doesn't really trust his audiences I mean I think he said at one point I think I think he had a quote at one point that said something along the lines of like um someday there's just gonna be like people are just gonna be able to plug their brain brains in and it's just gonna be like suspense laughter suspense laughter and like that's kind of like what he thinks he, his <laughs> audience is just a bunch of sheep to him huh. which i think that's is funny. hilarious yeah he's like i am the master and you are my sheep that's like that's sort of the way he approaches it yeah as opposed to which is very different from directors that trust their audience i don't think hitchcock trusts his audience no i think the other thing is he I mean, he wants everyone to have the exact same experience and yeah. thought process and emotions. And so he it, it really is like you're on his ride. You are a hundred percent on his ride. And it's not like it's it's not like you come out frequently with a Hitchcock movie saying, Oh, I had this interpretation, I had this mm-hmm. interpretation. It's like no, really. no no no, you get into his world for a minute yeah. and whether or not you want to be there, like you're there. Yeah. 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 Hmm. In his less effective movies, it's just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, why am I here? Hmm. Like, I don't have that often. I, I really didn't like Torn Curtain or Marnie. Those are my two least favorite probably so far. But, um, yeah, just don't watch. It's, yeah. you know, w- w- another thing I forgot to mention with Grace Kelly before w- w- when we moved off that subject, it really feels like after, after his three films with Grace Kelly, 
He's almost trying to find his next Grace Kelly. Yeah, definitely. And he can't. Mm-hmm. He really can't. Because, okay, so he goes to... His next movie after To Catch a Thief is Trouble with Harry, which does not have a blonde in it. That's Shirley MacLaine in her first role. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very cute, but not tip, not a typical Hitchcock blonde. And then you move into almost like the best stretch of anyone's career ever, where you got... Vertigo, North by Northwest, Psycho, The Birds. That's just like, I mean, that's like a perfect four four film run. But you got Kim Novak in mm-hmm. in Vertigo, who he never works with again. Eva Marie Saint in North by Northwest, who mm-hmm. never works with again. And then you got Tippy Hedren two in a row, mm-hmm. who um, has a has a famously troubled relationship with him yeah um and especially on marnie he treated her horribly but you know there's something where i think grace kelly really got it really got what he wanted yeah and i mean what whether it was just like i mean james stewart has nothing but like praise to 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 say about like how she handled herself on set and like how she, her professionalism and stuff, whether it was that or just her performance or, mm-hmm. you know, he was just in love with her. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like he was ever able to find his Grace Kelly, his next yeah. Grace Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I've, I remember you saying that before and I've definitely thought that too. It's, I mean, he definitely like went through the blondes after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a way that he hadn't up until that point quite as much. I mean, yeah. he has... Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he would, he would move around. But it really feels like you have Hitchcock and his blondes after yeah. that. And it doesn't feel like he's able to figure it out. So didn't he really dislike method acting? Yes. Yes, and he did. He just wanted to tell people, do this. No, this is... Yeah, I, I guess this factors into why I don't think Hitchcock trusts his audiences because he doesn't trust actors to come up with their own stuff. So yeah. he worked with Montgomery Cliff on I Confess, which is, I haven't seen it, but is not cons- it is considered lesser Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, he was really frustrated with Cliff because Cliff would be like, well, why am I doing the things I'm doing here? Like, mm-hmm. tell me why, and I'm, I can, like, get mm-hmm. into that mode. And Hitchcock's like, please just, like look sad and look at a piece of paper or like whatever yeah like just do just do that i just want you to do that i don't yeah. want to tell you why yeah because it's all it's all i mean this has to do with like you entering hitchcock hitchcock's world mm-hmm. like he, he the characters are straight out of his mind it's yeah. not you're not you're seeing his interpretation of the world you're mm-hmm. not really seeing other people's and so yeah he he didn't he didn't he he saw I, I think he has a quote of saying, like, actors are like cattle or something. Like, he just mm-hmm. wants to, like, tell them what to do. And that's... Yeah, that's rain him in. Rain him in, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, the exact opposite of um, the the director who um, directed, like, Nashville, right? Robert Altman. Robert yes. Altman. It's, it's, like it's the exact, exact opposite. opposite. In two of my yeah. favorite directors, and it's the exact opposite approach. Yeah, Robert Altman was, was all into, like, let's get into your character you're gonna live in your character for the whole time we're shooting and write your own songs in the case of nashville or like 
come up with your own lines. Like, it's mm-hmm. all going to be improvised. Yeah, not, yeah. Robert Altman was very much like, let's use whatever whatever you want to do to get People into character. Up. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like all or nothing. And it's like, that's what works amazingly. Totally. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it makes you wonder if, like, that's one of the reasons why Hitchcock just cycled through the actresses. Like, and... And actors, too. I mean, like, maybe he didn't... Had a hard time working with them. I don't know. There were there were certain people he kept coming back to, right? Because mm-hmm. he kept coming back to Cary Grant. He kept coming back to mm-hmm. uh, James Stewart. He kept coming back to Grace Kelly, obviously. I think there were certain people that, like, really kind of got him. And obviously, yeah. it's like... I think he did the clout to get the stars. He's yeah. like, he's, if you're gonna, if you can get Cary Grant, you're gonna get, get Cary Grant. I mean, yeah, you're just gonna yeah. do it. Um, but right. yeah, I, I, I definitely, I definitely think he got frustrated with people, mm-hmm. and there were definitely like times it didn't. I mean, he's, he's worked with some great actors, and I mean, Torn Curtain has Julie Andrews and Paul Newman who have mm-hmm. no chemistry. Mm-hmm. at all but almost intentionally like they're mm-hmm. sort of a bickering married couple mm-hmm. um but like never worked with them again because mm-hmm. um you know despite them being big stars mm-hmm. i mean hitchcock was kind of fading out at that point but yeah he he's worked with some actors and actresses that just mm-hmm. have not Tallulah bankhead and lifeboat He's worked with some just like stars yeah. that just or or like Montgomery Cliff that just haven't worked out. Yeah. You have work tomorrow. I do. It's did like I, one did I keep you? I'm sorry. Let's You're, wrap it up. Are you are you like the nicest person to do this for me to like record this podcast for me super late mm-hmm. on a work on a work night? Are I have a long day ever? tomorrow, so we should wrap this up. What do I what do I owe you for this? A foot massage. Okay, deal. Whatever you say. Um, well, you know the drill, uh, quote in character. Mm. Let's see. Mm. What's one of the Grace Kelly quotes that she does, that she has? Oh, I don't know. Do you want to look it up? Yeah. How's and your leg? Some leg? How's your leg? That was nice. <laughs> do you want to do it a little closer to the camera so it's a little yeah. asmr How's your leg? That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Paige. Yeah, thanks for having this was, this me again. This was a fun conversation. This was fun. This was I love good. this movie, so yeah, I'm glad I got was, to do it. This was a good one. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.